What up, what up, what up? You're now listening to the Go Talk Podcast, co-hosted by yours truly, Travia Scott, and my brother, Eric Scott. We're going to be bringing you the greatest basketball conversation of all time. We're going to talk basketball, basketball, and hmm, basketball. So if you want to become a part of the family, become a part of the conversation, subscribe, share, and tell a friend. We're located on various streaming platforms such as Google Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, and Breaker. Thank you, and enjoy the pot. What's up? Oh, what's up, man? Man, you know, it's a beautiful Sunday, man. It's a playoff Sunday. Yeah, man, it is like. Sunday, we got game two. We coming up, you know. Well, we haven't. We we've been away a little bit. We didn't. We didn't talk about game one. You know. Right. What do you? You know, we a couple of predictions came true. You know, we we both said. You know, I said Siakam. He needs to step up, and he did. He answered that call. Oh yeah. You. With the Marcus All, Marcus All came in nice with those twenty points for Toronto, and we see Toronto got the win, man. Tell me, tell me what you think about that. Hey, man, you know, you know, if we go back to our predictions, you know, um, I predicted Golden State will win. You predicted uh, Toronto will win. So obviously, you know, what I'm saying you called it, but I think the 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 reason. Behind the victory was a little different, you know what I mean? Like, we was uh, – you were more so thinking, like, hey, Golden State's going to be tired. You know, that's that nine-day layoff. They're not going to be tired, but rusty. Golden State's going to be rusty, um, which I think there was some rust in the first quarter, maybe the first half. Um, but, you know, I was watching the game, and the commentators were talking about third quarter Golden State, how, you know, Golden State in the third quarter is just this unstoppable beast that, you know, whoops teams' asses just left and right. You know what I'm saying? So that didn't happen. And that was pretty much the key to the game to me. Like, you know, after Golden State had a chance to get their bearings, like, okay, we've been off for nine days. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, Toronto is here to play. They're not messing They're not messing around. Let's go into the locker room and make some adjustments and come back. There was never that moment. You know, in Golden State games, there's always a moment where, because it's literally a moment, you look you look up at the game, you look down at your phone, you text a couple people, you look back up, and go to state and win on a 15-2 to run. You know, they never really had that moment where they could seize control of the game. And, you know, I give a lot of props to uh, Toronto, man, that defense, um, Siakam, you know, that uh, uh, the guys were hitting shots, they were making it tough for Golden State. I loved it, man, I loved it. I think this is going to be, you know, I think my prediction might come true where I said that, it goes seven. I think this might be a seven-game series. What do you think? I'm I'm still on the fence about the seven-game series. I'm definitely still on the fence. This is only one game. Uh-huh. I will say that Toronto is a worthy opponent for the finals. They deserve to be there. 
They have. And the one thing people really didn't realize this until maybe, you know, right before the finals. As we kind of saw clearly who was the better team in the East as far as like, I don't know. I think Milwaukee was best team in the East. Okay. But I think I know where you're going. I know where you're going. But as far as experience, that carried that carried Toronto the most, and they were probably the most consistent team throughout the playoffs. As far as I mean, Toronto, I mean Milwaukee kind of did what they were supposed to do as far as the one seed. You know, they swept through the first two, pretty much swept through the first two rounds. You know, when they beat uh, wait, who did who did Milwaukee play in the second round? Boston. They beat yeah, them in five. Yeah, no, that was pretty much a sweep, and you know they beat they beat Detroit. That was a that wasn't even a series, man. That was an extended regular season, basically. If four <laughs> fell Milwaukee, it was like and that's you know supposed to be like eight one. That's how an eight one supposed to go. Yeah, it's supposed to be a sweep, but at the same time, what I'm I'm I said that to say this: Toronto people did not realize how much experience Toronto has as far as, like, you got Ibaka, man. Ibaka's yeah. been – he's been to the finals. He's been – he's playoff battle-tested with OKC. He's ran with KD. So he knows a little bit, you know, maybe about the Warriors. Okay, just – I mean, he's been in the Western Conference, man. Being in the Western Conference, you see stuff. You see, you, you see them a little bit more. Kawhi, same thing. Danny Green, same thing. Marcus Saul, same thing. So you got four key pieces of your rotation are definitely like they have experience playing against the Warriors. They have experience making deep playoff runs. You have two champions on the floor. You got two time. You got two defensive players of the years, technically three, because Kawhi has won two. You have also didn't Danny Green make the All Defense team? He made second team All Defense, man. He did. You all? Yeah, I think so. Seriously, fucking Danny Green. What? Danny Green made the second team All Defense. I'm, I'm, I, I'm. I kid you not. I'm serious. <laughs> That's a sleeper. Like, I didn't realize. But, you know, some people got – well, we won't go into the defensive team, but I think a couple guys that should have made it didn't make it. But that's that's a, that's a that shows you how many uh, weapons on defense Toronto has. Think about Ibaka. Ibaka, think about his days. I mean, yeah, he's not his OKC. He's not OKC Ibaka. Right. You know, prime, like pure prime Ibaka. But he's still he's a good. very, very hot, hot – yes, very, very, very good NBA player. Very good NBA player. But you got to think, man. Golden State, like I said, it showed everywhere. They were sloppy. They kind of went into game one as far as, like, we're the champions. You know, they knew what it was going to be. They wanted to kind of see Toronto's best shot. And when you look at the game, yeah, Toronto kind of imposed their will, but imposing their will was basically – it was really a five- to eight-point game for much of the second half, I would say. You know, they I think it got up to like 10 or 12 late, but, you know, that's just Toronto closing out or whatever, but which Toronto did a great job at. 
but Golden State was never like they never got they didn't get blown out. That was a tightly contested, like it was a very competitive game as far as like you know Golden State and Toronto, but that is not Golden State's best shot, and we all know that. I want to see how Toronto responds to that. What you think? Well, here's how, here's the thing about that, man. I hear what you're saying about, you know, Golden State was rusty. You know what I'm saying? They didn't give them their best shot. Um, keep in mind, you know, I'm a huge – obviously, the Hawks are my favorite team. LeBron is my favorite player. So, when the Hawks have been eliminated from the playoffs, my attention goes over to LeBron's team. And LeBron's team for the past, what is it, three, four years, have played Golden State in the finals. One thing I've noticed from a standpoint of watching the team is trying to beat Golden State. Golden State doesn't like when you get physical with them. Golden State doesn't like when you put length and athleticism in their way. That's one of the reasons, if you remember, now this is a little while ago, but it was the beginning of last season when Boston played Golden State. Uh, This is after um Hayward got hurt but Boston had that same kind of formula that Toronto has right now where you put these long athletic wings on the court who can switch on defense and just just really play the passing lanes and and make it hard for you to get the shot off and at that time I remember a reporter asked Steph Curry you know what do you think about Boston and their chances to get to the finals and he was like this is the best team we played all year you know this team we're probably going to see them in the finals if it comes down to it. And I feel like the reason he said that, because teams like that, teams that have uh, a Serge Ibaka and a Pascal Siakam and a, and, a, and, a, and a Kawhi Leonard and a Danny Green that's just super athletics and they pay attention to detail on defense, they make Golden State look like they're not giving it their all. But in actuality, Golden State can't give it their all because they're not in their comfort zone. Like, this type of team pushes them out of their comfort zone. The one time that 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 Cleveland beat Golden State in the LeBron era, it was partially, yeah, they were making a ton of shots, but they were playing defense. Like, LeBron was checking Steph. He was swatting the shot. When you get into Steph's head and you're swatting his shot, you know, that whole team dynamic of Golden State is off kilter. You know, because Steph is not – he's the untouchable guy, right? Like, he's the guy that, you know, he's shooting the pretty jumpers and getting the layups and smiling and shimmying, you know, and doing all that bullshit that makes other people mad but makes Golden State fans extremely happy. Um, I feel like Toronto has that recipe. And as far as the Eastern Conference, I think they beat Milwaukee because they had the best team – they had the best player on the court. Kawhi was the best player on the court. Um, You know, Milwaukee may have been the better team, but in that series where both of those teams were really, really good, the best player on the court decided who won the series, and that was Kawhi. Um, I don't know if Kawhi's the best player on the court uh, in this series, but I know you noticed Golden State was doubling that man. It was doubling that man. It was like, I, I, like you said. You said before the game that Golden State's going to pay attention to this guy. They're going to they're gonna pester him the whole game. They did that, but his teammates showed up. His teammates had his back, and he still had, like, 20.7 rebounds, five assists. So, it, it was a light game for Kawhi, but, yeah, it wasn't a, it wasn't a 35 and 15 we used to see him from him. But, 
you know, they, they couldn't really contain him as much as they wanted to, man. And that's why I think it's going seven. You know, if they keep on doubling him and, and his – and remember, game uh, – this is home court advantage. This is the first time Golden State has not had home court advantage in the NBA Finals. They're not used to going on the road. And and that you know they they used to they used to having the, the crowd behind them game one game two. This is the first time they haven't had the crowd behind them, dude. You think they ready for this? Well, you make a lot of good points. I like the point <laughs> that you made that um the length, the defense. Clearly, this is a different breed of a team as far as they their length, their sheer length. I mean, like I said, you have you know some pretty you have the league's best defenders basically on one team seriously you got some all all defense guys i mean you got some all time you know within the last we're talking within the last five years all these guys have been like top prime like elite defenders so (laughs) it's definitely on I mean, I got to give some credit to Masai Ujiri for that one. Like, I didn't even realize. The, you know, I just kind of even – I didn't even see all that, bro. Like, I, I saw it. I don't think saw it, man. That's what's so crazy. No one saw that. No one really saw it. Like, oh, yeah, you got Marcus. Marcus Saul did win a defensive player of the year a few years ago. I'm like, well, yeah. Then, you know, you got Kawhi, of course. And you got, dang, Ibaka. Okay, Danny Green. You know, you. I'm like, wow, that's a really good – then you got Siakam. Siakam. I saw him on Clay Thompson, man. Yeah. Very interesting. That's why, I mean, I like that point about the defense. If Golden, Golden State is definitely going to have to work their ass off to get some buckets, and it's going to be – it's it's going to be even more imperative that the other guys step up for Golden State. But hear me out. That's why I'm taking this position. I really feel like Steph could get a little loose. They really like okay. They can contain like I mean, if Steph and Kawhi, you can contain them guys. But you know, if they really want to get hot, they can get hot. I think Clay the same thing. Clay didn't like like everybody was saying. I was listening to all the reporters, all of them, all of them saying Splash Brothers played great. Steph played good. Clay played okay. Okay. And that's true. Splash Brothers actually did that. That was, you know, a typical Splash Brothers game. You know, you're going to get a, a good game from Clay or an okay game from Steph or a good game from, from Steph and an okay game from, from Clay. And the way they both going, you already know what it is anyway. So it's like they always kind of – they're the Splash Brothers. That's what they do. Clay didn't have the game that he went into – we all know how Clay gets in the playoffs or he can get in the playoffs. I feel like once the threes go raining down and Golden State does go on one of those runs, does Toronto really have enough offense sometimes? I mean, even though that, that's why I feel like they were speeding up that pace because they knew Golden State was tired. They knew that. They knew Golden yeah. State was tired. They probably – they okay. really didn't have the legs, which was very good by the – like they – like, I mean – Siakam got most of his points in the in the open court. He was beasting, bro. He was beasting. He was beasting. He made Draymond look like a baby. Like and Draymond, <laughs> you know, like, Draymond had the 10, 10, 10 game. He gave like he gave three dimes. I mean, you know, triple dime. 
you know. dime out there. It looked good, but at the same time, we know it didn't have the same impact. That's one thing. It didn't have. It didn't feel good. It didn't feel like he had. Like we saw, and we was like, okay, okay, he had. 10, 10, 10, man. We, we, you know, like he didn't have that 18, 14, 13 game, which was, we didn't see him. We basically, we didn't see Draymond. And that's what I said. They going to, they put Kawhi on Draymond. That's going to be interesting because they know without KD, they know the, the, the splash, but the, the, in the offense of the Warriors is basically Draymond kind of controlling the ball, Splash Brothers running off screens off, off of everybody else and just getting open and causing chaos. They like to cause chaos a lot of times in their offense. And then Draymond, what he does, and he, he just he just kind of does everything. He knows how to handle the ball. He moves the ball. That's why he gets the assist. He passes to the best shooters in the world. Best shooters in the world. Best shooters in the world. Seriously. That's, that's, that's an easy assist. That's an easy. I've always said that his whole career. He already know. And all he got to do, like, they got the pick and rolls. He get the lobs. He 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 basically, he doing it. He just, he playing center field out there. He playing, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't really have to score, but he kind of, he has to be that facilitator. He's that key cog that makes, like, if Draymond went down, think what that would do to Golden State. People don't think about that a lot of times. If Draymond went down, he would have ankle sprain. Right. He's out a couple games. Go back to the 2016 series where uh, Cavaliers came back and won. Draymond was out for what game five? Got suspended. Got Cavs suspended. won that game. Cavs won that game, right? Yeah. So, I mean, that's we haven't. I mean, I'm not saying he's we we. I feel like they could win without Draymond. But what I'm saying is. You you take away Draymond, especially without KD, it does something to the Warriors. Oh yeah. But I feel like they are great enough to overcome all of that. They can they can overcome that. Draymond, they're champions. They're champions. And we gotta we gotta really respect them as that. I don't want everybody to hop on the Toronto bandwagon so fast. Slow it down. I'm I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not and you're right. You know, I'm not. I don't by any means whatsoever say um, Golden State is outmatched. Um, but what I am saying is that Toronto has a good recipe, you know, to upset these guys. If there's, you know, if they have the they have the right recipe because one, you got to have somebody's been there before, and that's Kawhi. I mean, he's been there before, and he's been there, done that. And all he's been having these interviews, you know, I mean, maybe it's the same one I keep seeing over and over, but, you know, a little press conference and they ask the guy, you know, how he feels about, you know, being in the finals right now, being up one game. Dude is so calm. Like, he's, oh, God, he's, he's unflappable. I mean, he's just pretty much like, yo, um, you know, we're playing well right now, but it's just one game. You know, we got a lot of guys in the locker room that, you know, love playing the game of basketball. And we know we're facing the champions, so we can't look too much into one game. But, you know, at the end of the day, like this is what he said, it got most people. He was like, at the end of the day, you know, it's just basketball. You know, win, lose, or draw, I still got my life. You know, I still got my, you know, I got, I think, what do you say? You got my family. I got my life. I got, you know, I got, I'm good, whether we win or lose. Like, this dude, 
You think of everybody uh, else. Dame Lillard. Dame was like, gotta beat these niggas. Gotta beat them. Gotta take down. Go anybody else. Chris Paul, James Harden. We're here to beat Golden State. This is what it's all about. Kawhi. I mean, it's okay if I lose. You know. You know, I still got a good life. <laughs> Kawhi is like I have been loving his interviews. Not gonna lie, for I've been watching like all of his interviews and soaking up. I love the player interviews. I'm not gonna lie, and just getting because we've this is really the first time we're really seeing him open up a little bit. Like right. I said, that that laugh at the beginning of the year for Kawhi was something. That, uh... And it's like, whoa, dude, we didn't even know you had that in you. <laughs> what else? And it's like, this guy comes in, he has this amazing season. You know, I mean, it, it, it flew under the radar too because he did the whole, the, um, he did the whole rest thing. And it yeah. was, uh, well, call it load management. He did the whole load management thing, and that kind of threw people off. And people was like, well, you know, that's the Toronto over there, they chugging along. Toronto had the second seed, what, like the whole year? Basically? The whole year. Like, the whole year they had the second seed, riding along, chuckle along, chuckle, chuckle, chuckle. They know they have it. They know they had a good chance, whether they, you know, had the first seed, second seed, third seed. They knew they had a good chance. As long as they had one of them top four seeds or whatever, they chugging along, chugging along, you know. Okay. So then you get, you know, Kawhi's just – I mean, Kawhi's amazing, man. Like, I, I really like this guy, and like, he's, yeah. he's, he's, like you said, he just kind of is just basketball. At the end of the day, it's just, ba- <laughs> just basketball. <laughs> Draymond's like, well, I can't be like Kawhi. I need that fire. I need, you know, my energy or whatever. And, you know, that's that's true. That's what we know Draymond as. But like, right. a lot of times, you know, you can't. They said they said that. Uh, dang. It was a uh, it was an interview. Yeah, he said uh, the guy was like, uh, Kawhi, do you uh any any trash talk out there? He was like, No. Oh yeah. I really like and I'm He's like, like, I don't really get any of that, first of all. <laughs> get any trash talk. And that's like and that was kind of shocking to hear because I'm like, as a star NBA player, like you don't get trash talk like at that elite. I'm pretty LeBron. We seen Larry Stevenson blowing LeBron's ear. You know he gets trash talk. You know people try to get in LeBron's head with little little stuff. Right. You know people talking trash to Steph, Draymond. You know you, we see that. But to Kawhi, it's like it's because no, Kawhi is a cyborg. He's a robot, and I feel like people feel like it's a waste of time. It's a waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. Kawhi ain't gonna come back and you and be like, okay. <laughs> he go ahead, okay. He go hit a bucket and then like game winner, walk off and might smile on the way out, but then like <laughs> what do you say? He told Giannis, he like, I told him he you know he improved. Like he it was like he really got better from last season. He'll be good, he'll be back here next year. Like, you know, it's he, <laughs> that's it. He keeps it. Oh, he keep it so 100 and so, so real. Like, you did good, man. I'll probably see you here next year. Peace. <laughs> <laughs> he keeps it so 100 that it's, it's off kilter for some people. It's like, it's, it's just, it's like, he's so monotone. 
100 and it's Kawhi. You, it's like, dang, that's Kawhi. And the dude got braids. Like, man, it's <laughs> right. Like, it's one of those things where, like, like you know, it, it's very fitting that he came up with the Spurs because Tim Duncan had that reputation for just being the most bland guy. But the difference is Kawhi is slick, funny with his monotone, you know, personality. Like, like Tim Duncan was just like, oh, that one word, that's it. But Kawhi, you, you slick feel like Kawhi's getting smart with you without, like, being sarcastic about it. Like, I remember it was after game one, um, I forgot which reporter it was, but she was, you know, interviewing him directly after the game. And she's like, yeah, yeah, so, you know, Kawhi, um, how how do you how do you and your teammates feel right now? Like you just beat Golden State, you know? Well, what's the what's the vibe with the team right now? And he's like, well, I really haven't even gone to the locker room to talk to my team yet. <laughs> I, I, saw that, I saw that one. He was like, yeah, I, I haven't even gone to the locker room yet. You know, I hadn't even I hadn't even you know. I guess I had to see what coach and everything and talk about. Like, he's just. I was like, wow. Like, he turned it so smooth. Like, it was just quick little shade. Like, boom, give me a chance to go back there first. Shit. Right? He's like, what's the vibe like in the locker room? I don't know. I haven't been to the locker room. And it was like, I was like, well, yeah, well I guess so. He really hasn't been to the locker room. <laughs> so, that is true. He really doesn't know. True. You know he said, oh, he's, I'm pretty sure those guys are, you know, they're very excited or whatever, you know. <laughs> you know, I know they're kind of focused. He, he kind of gave an answer, but he was like, "Yeah, right. I, I haven't been to the locker room, basically, so I really wouldn't know." They I don't know yet. Like, they could be mad for all I know. Like, man, like, <laughs> like Kyle Lowry only had seven points. Like, be, we don't know that. So he can't be like. He's so matter of fact with that shit. Like I, I wasn't ready, man. He said that shit. I bust out laughing. I was like, dang. <laughs> I'm just watching it from home. Like this guy is hilarious without trying to be. He is hilarious. Hey, I think I, yeah, I was, I was listening. So I was like, wow, you really. But it's just, it's crazy, man. Kawhi, we, we kind of, it's good to, you know, slowly learn his personality and everything. And I know they were, I think right before the finals, they were having all these interviews where they was asking the players, like, how's Kawhi? How's, how is he? How, how's just, it was just like, well, he's a regular guy. Like, he's a regular guy for real. Like, he's just a regular guy. And I think that's, that's really it. We're just kind of figuring that out. There's just, it's Kawhi. He's a like, he's a, he's a regular dude, just regular dude. He comes to, comes to, Play basketball, pretty much. And, you did know. you uh, did you see that interview? Not interview, but it was a, a conversation that he and Ibaka were having. I think they were like at Ibaka's house, and Ibaka was cooking uh, dinner or something. And uh, it was like him and Kawhi just kind of kicking it. Did you see that one? Uh, no, I I actually have that saved on my YouTube to watch a little bit later to man, watch. Man, he's I so. Got... It's a, you should watch it, man. Like the one clip. It's I've cool. seen a couple of clips. I've seen a couple of clips. I think it's like Serge Ibaka cooking with Serge or something. He yeah. has a show and he has Kawhi. Now, I think I've seen a clip where he was like, uh, who's your celebrity? Like, he asked him, Kawhi, yeah, who's your celebrity? Crush? And Kawhi was like, well, who's your celebrity crush or something? Like, that? you asking me? So, yeah. I got to, cool. I'm, I'm going to watch. It was cool because Kawhi was like, 
like generally, I mean, like legitimately, Kawhi was like, yo, um, I can't say who my celebrity crush is. And Ibaka's like, why, man? I mean, you married? He's like, no, no, you got a girlfriend, right? He's like, yeah, I got a girlfriend. He's like, I mean, it's just a celebrity cut, a crush. And Kawhi was like, legit, like, but I'm not a regular dude, man. Like, you know, this girl is within reach if you think about it. So I can't just, I can't just say I got a crush on her because then my girl's going to be like, oh, you know, like, so that it was like, you don't think about <laughs> it like that. But he was like smooth, like I could probably bag if I wanted to. <laughs> but I'm not so I can't just say I got a crush on this shit. <laughs> Man, that's what I mean. <laughs> he being so real though. I mean, when you think about it, I'm pretty sure like Kawhi get like how many DMs and you know he he can probably really bag if he really wanted to. But exactly. As far as like as far as basketball wise, this man is just good, man. We we realizing that too. He had a good. I mean, he's hobbled. People people don't realize that he's kind of he's not one hundred percent. He's right. probably he's probably right now about seventy five slick. You know, he's about seventy five percent, and uh, they're doubling him. He's doing what superstars should do. He's still making an impact on the freaking game. Okay? Like, this is what true, like, super-duper stars do. Okay? Because we, a lot of times, we toss out the superstar label, too. But it's like, he's still producing. And that was a Raptors win. Beyond anything. That was a team win. Definitely, and that's why I, you know, I definitely agree with you on the point that Kawhi is a worthy opponent. I mean, not Kawhi, but well, hell, <laughs> yeah, Kawhi. But um, the Raptors are worthy opponent for the Warriors because simply that team, not just Kawhi, that team is definitely a championship. This is what the Eastern Conference has to offer, and you better bring your A game, Golden State. I still believe they will, but Kawhi doing superstar things like that—you got to think. That's why I'm look. I'm on the fence about this six or seven. I ain't gonna lie. This is my true position, my one hundred percent true position. I got right now, as of today, right now we're recording before Game Two. I got Golden State in six. If I see something in game two, just a tad bit, I got I got Toronto in seven. I'm gonna be on that bad one. I wish you ain't gonna lie. <laughs> Dang. I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna a switch because it's like, whew, they already got two off you, and I don't think, and you know, we haven't even gotten into the whole KD coming back situation. And that's that man, because here's the thing I think we're gonna have two different series within this series. I think, um, I know we're gonna get predictions a little later, but I think, I think Toronto wins game two. Um, and not you know, it's obviously gonna be a close game, but I think Toronto squeezes out a victory in game two. Um, but they go back to um, they go back to San Francisco. Ports say that Kevin Durant could make it back for game three. If not game three, he'll probably make it back for game four. Um, 
that changes the series completely because now you got Boogie and you got Kevin Durant back. Boogie played game one. I mean, he did a couple things. He wasn't really a factor. But once you get Kevin Durant back, I mean, obviously Kawhi's guarding Kevin Durant then. Um, well, well, what do you think, man? Like once it, Let's say he comes back game three. Let's say let's say I'm right. Let's say Toronto wins today. They up 2-0. They did what they're supposed to do. They won the two games at home. But now you got two games in San, in, two games in San Francisco, Oracle Arena, uh, with Kevin Durant back. How you feel about that? Now, that's why I say it all depends on game two. Now. If Golden State go in here and they blow the doors off Toronto, just blow them out. Come out with a classic. We know how we know how it is. A ass whipping Golden State game. We know what a we know what a Golden State blowout look like. You know, 140 to um, you know, but it's playoffs. So, you know, it might be a playoff blowout, which is maybe about 15 points. Yeah. If they do that, then I'll be like, oh no. Nah. I say KD coming back in the fourth game, and it's still gonna be a little bit of toss up. Cause that don't mean like that blowout don't mean really shit in the playoffs. That's just one game. You still got three more to go. You still gotta get more games. You you have to win that series. And I feel like Toronto is still a worthy opponent. But Toronto come back in here, they clamping down on D. They, 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 like you said, they hemming up the Warriors and everything. They, they can't, they can't really deal with that length and that physicality. Like Toronto's, I mean, like you, like I was kind of go back to my point about Kawhi. He was getting to the free throw line, man. He was going taking to the paint. He was trying to, you know, he wouldn't have it. His shot won't go on, but you know, he didn't. He kind of took what he did. He going to, he going to the paint, and he made. They made them boys run. They put that tough defense on them. They getting physical with them. So it's definitely going to be a problem within this series. But if Toronto happens to come in there and really execute their game plan how they did in game one, because clearly Toronto, Toronto had a game plan. Like it was it was something they they knew what exactly to do. They was like, all right, Kawhi, we already know you're not 100 percent Okay. Move the ball. Whenever you get double, take what the defense gives you. Do what you can. You know, we still know. I feel like a hobble Kawhi can still give you 35 for real, for real. Like, I ain't going to lie. They, you know, they he get a good switch or something. You get in the groove. You know, he can definitely, you know, finish off a game, give you 30. He can definitely steal Kawhi. But they told him to move the ball. Then – Hey, get out and run. Get the rebound. That was somebody they were doing. They was creating their own fast breaks. We know it, fast breaks sometimes come off of turnovers. We a lot of times see that. But they getting a rebound. They taking it and run. They go. Siakam out in the open court. Like he looking like a condor out there. Looking like a raptor. <laughs> for real. Looking like, a, yeah. like he's, he's out there looking just like long and lanky. And like Draymond really couldn't deal with all that. He's like, whoa, I can't. I think Draymond, like, was, I saw a couple plays. Draymond just in the paint. Siakam just coming at him like, I don't even know if he Euro stable. Look, like he just kind of went by him and or just stretched over him. It was just too much for him. He couldn't handle it. But 
it's up to Golden State to show the dirty. It's really going to be on Golden State. The pressure's on Golden State right now. I'm saying, like, it, Toronto know their goal is to win. They know what they have to do. I feel like Toronto is really kind of locked in right now. And, you know, they they can – you may see some shrinking moments from some players, and I hope you – I pray that we don't. Like, Siakam, I need this. You don't have to give me 32, yeah. but like, I need 20 from you, bro. I need 20 from you, bro. If you gonna you really prove you if Toronto really gonna win this series, they need Siakam. Like I said, Siakam needs to keep that same energy. Keep it, okay? So like but to go back to my the Katie, Toronto wins or it's like a real close game, or it could maybe go overtime or something, and it's looking like, man, Toronto really should have won that game. You you know you had those type of games, or you know that other team kind of squeaked that one. Yeah. I, like, that can happen. They might – KD coming back in game three, man. <laughs> I'm serious. I feel like KD's still coming back. I feel like KD is going to come back in game three. And that's like you said, it's going it's going to change the series, but I'm not throwing KD right on Kawhi. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I'm gonna keep my same game plan with Kawhi. I'm gonna try to work KD more into the offense. Okay, I'm gonna let him kind of. He's still gonna have to play that defense now for real. But I'm not gonna put him on. You know, I'm not gonna put him on Kawhi. I'm not gonna. I mean, I may because he's gonna have to switch and all of that. But it's like I'm not gonna give him like, hey, that's your man because he's still hobbled. I want him to get his offensive legs under him first. Yeah, you focus. We, we, you know, as the series goes on, yeah, he can, he's gonna get his legs back more and more. But that game three, I'm not putting him on Kawhi. Probably even, you know, game four, I, you know, I, I let, I let KD. I like, you know, KD's a scorer. He's a natural scorer. So he's yeah. not, you know, defense first guy. Anyway. But it's like he's gonna definitely. He's, he's. They need him to be KD, and we know KD is a scorer beyond anything. Yeah, they need that scoring punch from him because the way Toronto is playing defense, they need that scoring to put them over the edge, put them over the top. Like, right now, if you talk, if they said KD is out the rest of the series, it's over. It's over. It's OV. But it's like, when they you see you see as soon as game one was over with, I already knew it was as soon as game one was over with. They pushed out their report. They said KD will be back either sometime within game three or game four. They pushed out their report. Oh, they pushed out immediately. Like immediately, it was like yeah, no KD. Delay. No delay. It was like <laughs> woes. That one, bro. It was like they was straight from the Warriors or something. Like it was immediately as soon as the game was I over. I felt like Steve. I feel like Steve Kerr. Hit KD on a test message. Boy, if you don't put an ace bandage around your leg and get up in this court, boy. <laughs> you don't put some gay on that calf muscle, boy. <laughs> Come on. He might be warming up. Sometimes he's trying to get right. Calf spraying. Like, I look, look, look. I understand. You're an elite athlete. This is a playoffs. They don't want to risk anything. He got free agency. He got a lot of shit to think about. KD, he definitely doesn't need to really, really get but they knew they had a couple of games to give. Okay? They knew they could give away game one a little 
key, and they knew yeah. they they respected Toronto. They respect yeah, they didn't respect that Cavs team last year. They, I mean, like that Cavs team last year, they There's didn't no res- reason to respect that team. After game one, after game one, when yeah. Jerry started Jr. thing, when Jr. screwed it all up, yeah, it was over. It was over, and they knew they they knew at that because LeBron, we know he he's a his basketball IQ is so high that. Sometimes you really have to get in LeBron's head for him to be himself almost sometimes. Because we all know that literally almost anything is possible with LeBron for real. Because you see that guy and his God giving talent. Look, I'm not LeBron, you know, I'm not he's, he's you know, I respect LeBron as you know what he is, which is the greatest basketball player of our generation. That's what it is. Like he's the like Greatest that I've seen. Look, I ain't grow up watching Mike, but he's the greatest I've seen. So definitely when that game one happened and LeBron dropping fifty one points and you see the meme, you know the meme where LeBron is at like mid court and he has his hands out. Yeah. <laughs> that classic meme. Classic. It's because he knew. He knew. He knew at that moment. He knew that was the series. Like, if I can't get game one, it's OV. He like, knew that was the series. He knew because that you you said it exactly right. He played the best game a basketball player may have ever played. If you just look at individual games of basketball players in the playoffs, that had to be one of the best individual games ever. Respect. Sure, on point. He was on point. I mean, you got to look at some games from Jordan, some games from from Bill Russell, some games from Magic. There's only a handful of games ever where one person played that well, that dominating, and you still lost that shit. That was <laughs> LeBron came in on that mentality though. He came in like I came one. I need to put it in their mouth. Like I need to say, "Hey, I'm here." <laughs> you like, I'm serious. <laughs> he, he had to get it all like. Gave his so much all to where it's just like, dang man, you mess up on that. (laughs) And then we give, you know, they give LeBron he for not taking the shot, but we all know LeBron gonna make that pass ten out of ten. You know, nine times out of ten, LeBron might, well, seven times out of ten, I say he'll make a pass. Okay, well, that's just LeBron. But at the same time, the man had 51 points. What else you expect him to do? You can at least do this. Make this little layup. You know, you get you a little clutch moment in your career, and let's move on from this game. <laughs> but, right. but, like, he, I feel like LeBron slick want to be known for the past a little bit more. You know, like, that little – I mean, think about it. If look, I think uh, Grant uh, – not Grant Hill, but uh, George, George Hill, he got fouled in that play. Think about it, he had made that layup. Or something. It been it's just like a clutch basket, you know, just one of those baskets. And LeBron has a, you know, it's just another assist on LeBron. Like he, he didn't need no more points. He didn't need that. I think LeBron would have had an assist, but he knew at that very moment, like that very moment, it was Ovi, and that's what, like, in that moment, like the world completely was like, well, this shit. <laughs> where LeBron took himself out of the series, you had him hit his hand and everything. And 
that that you know it, it just was over. You know the series was a wash, but here we go with this one, and we got Golden State being in uncharted territory. It's nine days off, your best players down. You're trying to reintegrate Boogie, see if you can get him going. They just had a lot of moving parts, and they still were very close. That's what you don't realize. They at one point in the game, like Golden State hit twenty one or twenty one free throws, man. Like it was like like all they free throws. It was like damn, y'all niggas been practicing free throws. They're like <laughs> that's what they did during their, like the breaking sun. They was just like let's practice some free throws, guys. Like y'all want to do that? Like, <laughs> you're bored. You want to go to the gym just shoot free throws? Like all them niggas was hitting free throws for real, and it was just like. Dang, they they don't win like that. As a team, we went like 21-21 at one point. And then it got to where, like, uh, you know, and it was just – that's how they really kept the game close because they knew they, they probably didn't have the legs to hit some of those shots, especially the role players. Like I said, Steph and Clay, they played good, but they needed the other guys. Trayvon with his 10-10-10 game, not, not having that impact – Swallowed up a little bit by you know he really didn't he really don't know how to steady Pascal but this right here we gotta talk about the coaches a little bit we gonna turn to this I think we you had any more to say on the KD situation nah nah that's that's all I got on him we, we got I think we we both know he finna come back I feel like game three what you think game four um <laughs> uh, you know what I think it depends on what happens game two you know if if um. If Toronto wins game two, KD's coming out game three. You know, if, if Golden State evens up the series game two, then KD's coming out game four, maybe game five. Oh, no, nah, he's coming back with – he's he's coming back at the Oracle, man. He's coming back there. Like, well, nah, like, come on, bro. Uh, nah, nah, I'm not even nah, – I'm not – they said it. He, they, didn't, they didn't say game three, four, or five. They said game three. They said game could be back. As soon as game – they said something like game three or four. So, basically, it really – they basically said, if Toronto win, KD coming back game three. That's basically what they said, and I believe that. So, and like I said, if it, if it's a close game, like if it's it's tied up 1-1, but you see where Toronto could have easily won this game. This could have – like, Golden State really has to come out tonight and definitively show that they're champions for KD to really just sit out. Because beyond that, you know this is a tough series. They already know this is a tough series. This ain't no team to be played with. <laughs> Seriously, we ain't playing with you, boys. We ain't playing with you, boys. They ain't playing. Like, come on, you got you got Kawhi. <laughs> we already said how monotone this guy is for real. He can come out of twenty-five and be just the calmest dude on the court, and you just don't know how to get it. Man, hey, you don't know. You don't know. No, no. He over here talking about it's just basketball. <laughs> it's just basketball, man. You know, I ain't even been to the locker room yet, man. Like, <laughs> he, he out here doing that. You really don't know how to handle it. Like, he could get loose. And then, uh, you, the thing is, Golden State didn't mess up by their, their game plan wasn't the best, but, you know, stopping Kawhi is definitely something that you want to do. You don't. I mean, but they giving the other guy a little bit of confidence. That's what I said. Siakam, I use that 20 points a game I need for this series. And I want him to 
aim for the finals MVP, low key. If you got like I, I want Pascal Siakam to set his sights on the on the final MVP. Oh lord! I, like that's that's in the true NBA fan. I'm not, you know, we are, I'm a Bucks fan. I can really care less who wins this series. But you know, I'm slick. You know, I, I basketball head tells me Golden State. Basketball heart tells me Toronto. Yeah. I really want Pascal to step up and go ahead and get this, this finals like MVP. Like, go ahead and step up into that. Superstardom, bro. Like, that's what that's what you have to do. And I feel like, I mean, this is a stage that he can do it on. He definitely has the length. We see his skill. Very talented, like yeah. I mean, he, he's not Giannis out there, but he's definitely a guy that you need to watch out for. Like, I mean, it's crazy, but I definitely they have a tough series, and that's why I say coaching is going to be one of the how. What do you think Steve Kerr does, man? Well, like, like I, you know, I sent you that text message, you know, after uh, game one, I said, you know, Nick Nurse one, Steve Kerr zero. You know what I mean? Because we both agree that this is going to be a chess match and that the coaching, you know, is going to play a huge role in this. And I got to give, you know, I got to give that nod to Nick Nurse for game one. Um, I think, wow, that's a good question I haven't really thought about what Steve Kerr's going to do because I'm so focused on, because he's a champ, you know, he's a champ. So I'm focused on what, you know, Toronto has to do to keep it up. But I feel like, Game two, if I'm, if I'm Steve Kerr, I'm looking at game one, I say, hey, we didn't play our best game. We only lost by, what, 10 points or so. Uh, Steph Curry had a great game offensively. Um, and I think what hurt, Steve, uh, what hurt Steph Curry in the finals over the years is that he always has great games offensively. It's the fact that he's playing against great two-way players that diminishes his role because it diminishes his impact because he has no impact on the defensive end. Uh, but when he's playing against guys like LeBron and Kawhi and these kind of guys who have impacts on both sides of the court, it kind of hurts his overall impact. So if I'm Steve Kerr, I'm trying to think about how not, – not particularly how I can defend Toronto better, but how I can get my how, – how I can play to my how – can, how I can accentuate my guy's strengths more. How can I get Clay? into that 25-point range instead of, you know, that 20-point range. How can I get Steph to repeat what he did but get Clay off a little bit more and get, you know, get Draymond a little bit more involved because at least in the city of Toronto, they're going to have to find out how they can just score more. I don't think they're going to be able to really stop what Toronto's doing offensively because uh, Toronto's not doing anything too exotic. I mean, the thing about it is, I guess it is exotic in today's NBA. They're taking twos. They're stepping inside the arc, and Siakam is taking the two-point shots. You know, uh, Kawhi is taking twos. These guys aren't living at a three-point line. And when, and when guys play like that, it becomes much more harder to stop them. So I don't think Steve Kerr is going to focus too much on stopping them offensively. But, hey, play to your strengths. You got the Splash Brothers. Figure out how you can get the Splash Brothers more points. And I don't know how he's gonna do that. Hey, I, I don't have a smart answer on uh, how he's gonna how he's gonna pull that off. Um, you know, maybe just 
being back into the throes of a series would be enough for Golden State. Hey, we they were rusty for game one. Maybe they just get off to a better start. You know, maybe that's maybe that's the key to uh, doing it. I don't know, man. What, what do you think? Personally, what I, as Steve Kerr would do, I would call on Boogie. <laughs> Boogie. I ain't gonna lie. I think Boogie can push himself to a 25, maybe 30-minute game, and I think he needs to. Like, I think, yeah, they were trying to work him back into the rotation, and he didn't look bad, right. but... Think remember uh, regular season? I don't know if you've seen the game or not, but it was like I think Boogie's first, or I think it was Boogie's first game back, and they did it against Houston. They saw Golden State a totally different look. Golden State was running the ball through Boogie. Boogie was at the high post, the mid post. Stephen Clay cutting, screening, all of that. It was just some nice action. And right. Houston didn't know what the hell to do with it. It was like, whoa, hold up. Why y'all doing this this game? Like, <laughs> right? They, probably, they really thought, they really thought that um, Houston was going to, uh, they really thought, well, Houston thought that Golden State was just going to, have Boogie out there, you know, get some layups, some rebounds, or whatever, doing what he's doing. But, you know, he was kind of running some action with with the with the guys, and they didn't really. I don't think they really took that into full effect like they should have during the season. But this would be an opportunity to do it this game. Put Marcus on some pick and rolls. See how he handles that. I think he's still great defensively. Foul trouble, get him off the court. Um, you know, and see what you know, see what I mean. You, you, they still got Serge. I think they're using Serge as the backup five, right? Yeah, who, who is there like back backup four or something like that? Who is that for? The they Raptors? got a, a rotation of bigs. Where what's that guy's name? Valus Valencia. I don't know. Uh, the guy starts with a V. Uh, um, I don't know who the backup four is, but that's a good question. Who's their backup four? Like they, they have or they just three man rotationing out there. I really had three man rotationing that thing, man. I think they just playing the guys who are doing the work. Uh, yeah, I think it's. I mean, mostly I was seeing Surge and I was seeing Ibaka. I mean, I mean, I was seeing Surge and I was seeing the total out there. I think you're. It'll be interesting to see if you can get some of the big man, get some of that length off the court. Trouble. You gotta give the guys different looks because I think I don't really think they really have a real answer for Siakam low key. They don't. Draymond, you know, doesn't really, you know, I think I put I take Draymond off of him in game after game two and try Draymond somewhere else, you know, put him on a bocker or something like that, or Gasol. Like I I made Draymond kind of Disrupt somewhere else, especially if he really can't handle Seattle. Right? I, I don't. I don't. I don't really want to see Draymond. I really want Draymond's impact to be felt. And 
I'm not gonna keep Draymond there if he can't really impact the game as I need him to. So they definitely gonna have to look at a lot of things, man. This game two shall be very, very interesting. Man, it's gonna be major. Like this is this is the chess match we were talking about, right? Like Toronto came with it, game one, and as they should have. Being a home court team, being the team that's in more rhythm because they just played uh, two or three nights ago. So they kind of did what they were supposed to do. Um, but they say a series doesn't start until somebody wins on the road. So with Golden State being the champions that they are, I'm trying to see if they're going to get this road win tonight. Like I still predict um, Toronto to win. But uh, I think that even if, even if Toronto wins – I think that it depends on how they win. Like, like kind of like you were saying earlier, like if Golden State still figures something out, like if it's a three-point game and they only lose by three, they're probably going to go back to Golden State feeling like, hey, we got these guys right where we want them. You know, like if, they, if Golden State feels pretty confident going back to San Francisco, like, yo, we're going to win game three, we're going to win game four, and that's going to shift the entire momentum of the series, so we're good you know, and put the pressure on Toronto to perform in game five, then, you know, it just really all depends on how this game two plays out. Um, so even a even a loss for Golden State in game two might not necessarily mean the series is over. You know, though they're, they're such a good team, man. They're so smart. They're so well coached. You know, they can – there's no such thing as a moral victory, you know, in, in basketball but I feel like they can take a moral victory if they kind of just figure something out to say, hey, on this particular pick and roll or this particular coverage, they ain't got nothing for us. Once we go home to Golden State, their role players are not going to be playing as well as they do in Toronto, and we, we're going to be right back in it. You know, I can see something like that happening. Well, I know something like that going to happen. Like, it's Golden State. Like, right. now – never really been in this position with KD. Like, I, especially with the a hobble KD, you know, we really, okay, we've seen the best team that KD and the Warriors have gone up against was the 2017 Cavs when right. Kyrie was still there. Right. I feel like Kyrie kind of quit after he kind of quit on the team. That's basically what he did. He quit on the team when he saw, man, we can't beat these niggas. Right. Like, he, 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 he was like, I'm done, man. I'm about to leave anyway. I'm about to request this trade, boy. I'm out of here. I'm out of here because I feel like, honestly, that should have been like a six game, so like five. Um, at least, like, that Cavs team was still good. You still had, I mean, that was, they, still, they basically ran it back, you know? Yeah. And when they ran it back, what was KD? You know, and it was that series was slightly disappointing for real. It was the five games was you know we kind of realized yeah too much for him. But I feel like Kyrie in that series, even LeBron tried to take it out of himself. Like man, like <laughs> you know, I'm probably everybody. It was kind of has that the Warriors won, and it's like when you got 
you got honestly the most confident kid on the court in Kyrie, who thinks he can cross everybody and get by everybody, and you know he's one of the best ball handlers. So of course he has these most confident guys in the court. Kyrie kind of loses fight whatever to win or that try. Like, shout out with LeBron or whatever, but I feel like Kyrie had him. If they pull this off, this be an epic seven game series and Golden State somehow wins in seven. This will be the best championship for the Golden State Warriors. Everybody remember this one will be more than all the other because it'll just make the run complete. It'll make the dynasty just complete. This is probably the team that they've ever seen, you know? Right. Now you're right. I think this one and the first one. Would be like you know, because the first one was always sweet. You know what I mean? Like that's that's the one where they kind of put... finesse, right? <laughs> finesse the championship because you know LeBron's out here putting up these Herculean efforts. You know they couldn't stop that nigga. You know, and then you got but he, LeBron had no other, no other body to pass it to pretty much because Kyrie and Caleb were hurt, so it's right. like LeBron. They're hooping by himself, and they just was like finesse. We're just regular <laughs> finesse. So it's so sweet, you know. It, they had a storybook season. But you're right. I think the fact. I think the culmination of it all, like the fact that you know they beat LeBron, you know, then they beat LeBron and Kyrie once they were healthy, you know, once they got Kevin Durant back. Then you bring in Kawhi, and if you're able to beat Kawhi with the Raptors too. It just kind of solidifies because at one point it's just like, okay, go to state and Cavs, go to state and Cavs, go to state and Cavs. But they, they kind of took out the Rockets too. And the Rockets was like a little mini championship within itself. Um, so for them to kind of go through the Rockets and then if they're able to beat um, Kawhi and the, and the Raptors, I can agree that will be the sweetest victory, the sweetest championship that they've accomplished. Because after this is over, like Kevin Durant's gone. I've heard some. Some you know, some analysts say, "Hey, the smart basketball thing is for Kevin Durant to stay, so he can win more rings." Yeah, but Kevin Durant's a different kind of dude, so I doubt he'll stay. Like, I think he's gonna go get his max contract somewhere else. And you know, like we all kind of see the writing on the wall. Like, this is it, um, at least for the Kevin Durant iteration of the Warriors. Um, so, yeah. but they're a long way from winning that shit, man. They got to go through Kawhi. And Ibaka and Siakam and them boys ain't trying to talk about no legacies. They trying to hit these motherfuckers in the mouth. I love it. And think about this. What's one of, I mean, Golden State, we look back on their we look back on their resume, their their championship run. Their biggest blemish, the, they have a couple blemishes and you know question well, they marks. A, they got more than blemish. They got a black eye. You can't win seventy three games and not win a championship and call it a blemish. You got boys. They got a black eye. They got a puppy cheek. Somebody, <laughs> they got beat down. 
It's equivalent to LeBron's 2011 poo in the finals in 2011. It's equivalent yeah. to that on like a legacy scale for that team, you know, and then, you know, how beginning of LeBron to kind of, you know, finish that off, you know, kind of reclaiming his legacy, you know, making up for two championships in Miami plus that one, like that way more than all. It, it basically solidified LeBron and, and hey, I'm a goat out here, you know, and it definitely we look 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 on these uh that black eye of the seventy three and nine because we just don't even talk about that a part of it. We talk about it, but it's like yeah, the Warriors won three and four years. You know, <laughs> like, yeah, that fourth year. Well, it was a seventy nine seventy three and nine season. Whoa, you know, you start the story like that, and it was like whoa, what happened? Three, they came back from three one, and yeah, and then. And then, you know, they get the Kevin Durant and they kind of push them over into this dynasty, dynasty territory. Yeah. And, you know, there's, there's a couple, I look at this, everyone always says how, what if, you know, what would have happened if Kawhi would, hadn't got hurt, you know, and this is a series where, you know, Kawhi's not 100%, but who's 100%, you know, KD's not 100%. So, this is a series where opportunity to set the door on all of that. You know, you be on the one team, basically. You know, you got, you know, you got KD's ex-teammate on the one team. You got the, the spur, you know, a couple Spurs guys, you know, some champions on here. You got, Margaret, you, you got some guys on the team to where, now this is a worthy opponent. You know, you can beat them. They really had those guys are hungry you know, Kyle Lowry is just kind of out there like, oh, floor general. <laughs> you know, he's, he's definitely uh, – that's a guy that needs to step up to. I'm not going – I'm not – you know, you didn't – Kawhi uh, – Kyle kind of skated by. You know, nobody's talking about him now. He was one of my players to watch, and he didn't really show up. But, you know, there's still time. He still has time to show up. Kind of skating, he, I mean, not Kawhi, but uh, Kyle's kind of skating by on that one with the seven six seven. That's basically equivalent to a Draymond game of of. Hey, of when uh, you win, it's okay. When you win, it's okay. <laughs> when you win, it's okay. But I guarantee you, they had a loss. But everybody been talking about Kyle Lowry, boy. Woo. Yeah. Well, Kyle points, but he has six assists and seven rebounds. <laughs> a couple, basically, like, <laughs> he had a couple points, couple rebounds, yeah, couple. Triple couple, triple couple. <laughs> he lets Harlow know he showed up, you know. <laughs> he stuffed the stat sheet out here, but I definitely think that, um, this is a series for the ages. Like I've been saying, what a way to end off the decade of basketball. This has been probably um, maybe – has it been the greatest decade of basketball we've seen? I mean, you know, one game, man, I mean, the greatest decade? Oh, man, uh, that's – man, that's a whole other podcast, man. I can't even – I can't even get no hot take on that because, you know, I, I came up watching AI and I don't know, man. I cannot even answer that question, but it has been some very – good basketball and the one thing I will say about this decade of basketball is we were 
we were given access to see a dynasty. Like, I think growing up, we kind of heard of the Lakers and the, and the Celtics and Bill Russell and, and Showtime Lakers and how those dynasties won multiple championships. And, of course, you know, MJ and his Bulls had, you know, their dynasty. But I think we were privy to the Golden State dynasty, but also Lathanos. You know, I think, I think LeBron, even with, you know, not always winning. I think he's a dynasty within himself just because he's always there. Like, he, he always have to go through him. So, I can't say, I, I mean, maybe this is the best decade. I don't know. Um, but I can say it's been some damn good basketball, some damn good storylines. Um, you know, it, it's been some incredible competitiveness in the sport right now. It's just a part of that. It's, I mean – it's definitely a conversation for another podcast, but as far as like social media access is giving us so much access to the players and their personalities. And like you said, the storylines has really kind of made everything a little bit interesting. Katie, Katie leaving the Thunder and going to the Warriors after they had lost, you know, to a 73 and nine. And like that, that whole little thing, it flipped the last, you know, the last half of the decade on his head, basically. Yeah. It just kind of, yeah. it's just that. And that's why we're, that's how we end up here. You know, we end up with, you got to think about player movement and everything, how, you know, requesting a trade as a superstar player is pretty much like the the way you kind of get the hell out of, the hell out of town. If you, you really don't want to be there or your team ain't winning, you know, think right. about Anthony Davis. Especially during your prime, we've seen guys kind of wallow away on a team in their prime for for minutes. No and, one's you know, doing the team, it anymore. No one's doing no that shit more. It's like, man, get me the fuck up out of here, man. It's like, like Mike Conley's like, get me out of Memphis, dude. I don't want to be here no more. I stayed. He probably, I wouldn't say he stayed a little bit too long. Maybe he should. I would have crushed the train last year. Kind of I think he was trying probably. to get traded last year. They just couldn't find a good trade partner because they got rid of the so, I think uh, Mike Conley had a little too much money on the books. Maybe they couldn't really yeah. find. You I mean, know, I think he's a good he, point guard, but for that price tag, you're like, uh, I gotta get Mike Conley yeah, how much think, money? Yeah, for a little for for this season too, or right. maybe next. Call me in the summer. We'll talk, man. But I don't know. They <laughs> <laughs> probably got already got a trade lined up or whatever. But it was like, yeah, man, I, I can't do that right now. Not, not right now. <laughs> Not right now, I trade for him in the off season. Uh, I feel like Detroit would be a good kind of. Got to like Detroit, Indianapolis, uh, Utah. I want to see him in Utah, honestly, with Donovan Mitchell. I think that'd be dope. Yeah, it would be that. That would be. But uh, ooh, hot take. I've been thinking about this uh this trade idea. You need I we, you know we we're kind of getting away from the finals talks right here. Yeah. Uh, Bobby James in Houston. We all know. In hell, anybody's going to take that money on for Chris Paul. Because, man, that contract get ugly. <laughs> ugly in that. He's going to be damn near 40. Yeah. Making fun million dollars basically and we have already seen a we know history 
know that Chris Paul is aging, and we know that at that age, he's not going to be on $44 million. And and they were like, yeah, it's a player option. I'm like, hey, you might well go on and get out of that. <laughs> like, well, who would turn that kind, that kind of money? Come on. This is America. <laughs> this is America. We don't turn down a, a free check. We don't turn down a free check. You think, man, they'll be like Chris Paul will send you home. Send me home with my money. And he'll like, what you talking about? Hey, he gonna pull that Carmelo. Buy me out. I'm still getting paid. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm still get paid opt in because they that's all they do is listen to the market. Like they they already know kind of what their price tag is, like what they're gonna be getting before the summer. I truly believe that. You know, they know like if you especially that that contract year, maybe you got that like like classic situation. Al Horford. Al Horford has a thirty million dollar option on the table. He not you know thirty mil on the market. No Al could opt in, but I said I, I would maybe opt out and maybe get a get my get a longer term. I feel like he can still get a multi year deal somewhere else, but you know maybe get a little bit more long term security before he enters into you know maybe another aging year. You know he can't. I, that's what I would do personally as Al Horford because you know that thirty mil right now is good, but hell, sign me for three twenty three fifty. And I'll be good, you know, because after that season, I, I mean, you know, he opts into that 30 mil. Maybe a team tosses him a 220 deal or something, or I, mean, I don't know. A team maybe. Everybody knows he's a good player, but at the end of the day, we know he's not the, he's not the guy. Like, he's, he's the guy you need when you already have your top two players and you need that glue guy that makes it work. How much are you willing to pay for a glue guy? Like that's that's the question with Al Horford, and we know he has skills, but but thirty mil? Nah, like nah, well, I can't pay that much. Yeah, no one's giving Al Horford thirty million dollars, and he's already he already got his big money. He might opt in, but if I was him, I'd go for the long term security. Chris Paul clearly went that long term security. They, he was like, look. I gave up my max deal pretty much. Y'all gonna have to pay me. Like he already gave, he gave up that that super max in, in um and in, in uh L A. He wanted come to Jane. He wanted to come here to Houston. The about Chris Paul. Here's the thing about Chris Paul to me, and I'm I'm always been a real big Chris Paul fan. A Chris Paul fan. So maybe I'm a, a little biased, but at the end of the day, even what. Two or three years from now, when you're paying him like 40 million bucks um, to be, you know, a point guard on your team that's not really an all star point guard, I still think two or three years from now, 36 year old Paul, Chris Paul, can still get you 15 points and eight assists on a playoff team. You know what I mean? Like, he, he's not going to give you 30, but I still think he's, he has value because one, he's one of the highest IQ players in the NBA, and that's not going to change. Um, and he's very skilled. Um, so, you know, if that means he turns into, if you, if you remember when Mike Bibby came to the Hawks in like his last year or two of the Hawks, he strictly shot three pointers. Like he just, his knees would not allow him to go into the lane and do anything productive. So he just shot threes all day long. Like, <laughs> 
pop up the key. Like, he would pass it to Johnson, it would be over with. Like, my, he was barely even passing the ball sometimes. Right. Like, he would pretty much just bring the ball up court and be kind of saying, send it up. Like, I'm like, look. I, like, I, I don't him. see Chris Paul being that bad, but I do see him where he can, like, he might fine-tune his three-point shot. He'll still be able to, like, manipulate a game, you know, get him seven or eight assists to where you say, okay, he's not garbage. I mean, he's not worth 40 mil, but he's not garbage, you know, as opposed to, like, uh, what's his name, uh, Chandler Parsons, who's getting, like, 20, 25 million, and he's giving you, like, seven points, if that. You know, like that. I don't ever see Chris Paul contract getting that bad. Getting that motherfucker somewhere. That's a that's a pipe dream. Like <laughs> I think that's a pipe dream. I think he's gonna be in Houston, win, lose, or draw because Trey. I mean, it's gonna take a very very unique situation where a team needs a veteran point guard that bad that they're gonna trade. You know, some pieces to take on Chris Paul's contract, you know, I I, I don't know. I, I can't really predict that one right now. Now, Clint Capella, they might be able to trade that fella. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't mean to make that rhyme, but <laughs> that, that guy might get traded. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, definitely. I, I, um, I think he could, but my hot take and this is gonna be my last hot take. I gotta go at this. We're gonna get the final prediction. But um I feel like the Charlotte Hornets are going to trade for Chris Paul. But it will be a signing trade, Kimball Walker. Oh, I could totally see that happening because, I mean, you, you bring Chris Paul back home, you know. It's kind of like when Dwight Howard came back to Atlanta way after his prime, but he was coming back home, so it was like we were still excited about it. Um, I can see the city of Charlotte, you know. I mean, Chris Paul's from the state of North Carolina, so they pull that trade off just because they feel it'd be a warm and fuzzy deal for the fans. Plus, you could, you know, if Chris Paul was your point guard, then you can kind of tank one year and bring in some more talent and hope that he'll get the most out of these young guys, uh, Bridges and other guys that have. I can see that because, you know, Kimba, Kimba, Kimba and, uh, Kimba and, 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 and Harden, that's, that's a, that's a nice backcourt. That, that's yep. a very nice backcourt. That would be, nice that's backcourt. my very, very hot take right there. I feel like that deal, and I've heard a little rumble. I heard, a, I saw a little rumble of, of that. So, and I had already been thinking of that deal. So I'm yeah. guessing somebody kind of, you know, that kind of hit it with somebody else too. I haven't thinking of that. As soon as it came up, I'm like, that that would be perfect. Just sign the trade. The only thing with, is, uh, I just don't trust Charlotte to do. I don't trust that that team's front office to do anything that would really make that team better. Like they they just suck at the front office. Like in the beginning of the season, I was like, yo, Charlotte has to make a trade for Kevin Love. Like he's a sitting duck in Cleveland, and Kemba needs some help. Go ahead and take on that contract for Kevin Love, and now you got you know some more talent. You know, what I mean, you got to eat that money, but you know maybe you can maybe you can throw in Nick Batum's contract because nobody wants that, and uh, you know so you can make it happen. But Charlotte, they were talking about getting fucking Andre Drummond or some shit. Like I just can't trust that team. <laughs> like I, I agree with your trade proposal, and I hope it happens, but I just have no faith in that team doing anything productive. 
um, whatsoever. I think Chris Paul could compete for a playoff spot in the East. But <laughs> another hot take. <laughs> gotta go. So, right. final prediction, man. Uh, finals. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said before, Toronto wins game two. Toronto wins game two? Oh, yeah. I'm on that same board. Toronto wins game two. I'm, I'm not going to lie because I kind of see – Kind of see the way this might go, but it, I say it'd be a very close game. It's be a very, very, very close game. Yeah, they're gonna come and hit them in the mouth too. They're gonna come with a haymaker, and it's gonna be they gonna hit they gonna hit them with something. But Toronto is gonna be chugging along, chugging along, chugging along, chugging along. <laughs> That's what they do. They just chug along. That's what they I've realized that they they kind of stay consistent, and that's what a, a lot of people been saying. Kawhi, you just kind of got this team on the, you know, this whole never get too high or too low. And think about it, I don't think we ever really saw Toronto going a little losing streak. Yeah, I think they did a couple times in the season, but it wasn't. I think it blew under the radar too. Like it just was chugging along, second seed, you know, chugging along. We want to get some magic, chugging along. You know, you know what? Like, kind of compare them to another team in another sport. They they kind of play like the New England Patriots in football. Like, you know, you look throughout the season and the Patriots are never flashy. You know, they're never dropping 50 on somebody. But you look up mid, you look up three quarters of the way through the season and they're like 10 and two. And you're like, well, damn, you're right. They haven't lost a game in a while. Like, you know, it's just one of those things. I feel like Toronto has that same energy. Like, you know, they just come in and show up, and they, they win here, they win there. They never really lose three in a row. And you look up, and damn, they're the second seed. I guess you're right. They do whoop motherfuckers' ass like every other game. So I, I can buy into that. They're just going to chug along, win games. They know how to win. Put it that way. They, they're yeah, 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 yeah. How to win. They know how to win. And that was – I like that you said that. They know how to win. They know what it takes to win. They have people that have been there, like – Everybody on that team, everybody in the starting lineup knows how to win a basketball game, and that's the thing. That's the key. Yeah. Okay. So we got Toronto in game two. Okay. Yeah, we both got Toronto in game two. I'm going there. Yeah. Well, let's see how it turns out, man. I know you got to go, man. I'll let you roll, man. We'll, we'll, we'll catch up after this game, too. All right, man. All right. Peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Goat Talk Podcast, co-hosted by yours truly, Travia Scott, and my brother, Eric Scott, together with the Scott Bros, and we're bringing you the greatest basketball conversation of all time. Become a part of that conversation or the fam by subscribing. We're located on various streaming platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, and Breaker. Thanks. And be a goat. Bye.